Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and Hey, party people. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> I'm just confused as to why you lowered the way you did. I really thought the melody was going to catch. I just kept with I, the monotone. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I looked nervous. <laughs> are you nervous? What are you scared of? Uh, Who are you scared of that's listening right now? Everybody. Oh, that's true. Me too. I don't want anyone no. to listen ever. Oh. Yeah, here we are. Maddie's in the weirdest mood right now, so she's either <laughs> actually really funny or super annoying. Probably the latter. No, I think it'll be funny. Okay. Boop. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. What's our hot take? Oh, well, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm good. Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. You just thought about it for a while and wanted to check in. Well, I just wanted to give you an honest answer. Okay. You know how people just do that, like, oh, my home, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> how are you terrible i'm just really kidding. i'm awesome I'm was, fantastic what was your day like my day was actually really good i had a good couple of sessions i picked up my christmas presents for my girls which was very fun Ooh. yeah donors come in and bring them all gifts so it's really sweet and then yeah it was just have fun. you gotten your secret santa gift for our friend group i have Ooh. you won't even be able to believe what i got you you got you have me. Mm-hmm. Why would you tell me that? I'm just kidding. You know who I have. I accidentally told you. Well, I didn't even accidentally tell Maddie because I. Oh yeah, I it's forgot. sitting on my couch. Whenever she came over, and she was like, who? <laughs> "Yeah," I was like, "Ooh, what's this?" Luckily, it wasn't her. Otherwise, I really would have ruined the surprise on that one. I got the things for my secret Santa, but you won't know who I have. I hope you have me this year. You've never had me. Well, maybe you might be lucky. Maybe you won't be. My day was good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I did ask you. You did? I asked you first. Oh, yeah. I said, I took oh, a second to think about exhausting. it. exhausting. Okay. My day was good. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Means a lot. What's hot take, Maddie? Oh, oh, oh my bad. Um, The hot take. <gasps> it would help if I could remember. Whisper it to me. <laughs> Can we have to start over? No, whisper it to me. <laughs> I just can't believe you right now. I just, I just am shocked that we just talked about it. I don't know. <laughs> that sounded like a fart, a hundred percent. I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was my chair. Oh, oh, oh! I yes. like whispering on here because you can almost hear it. But it's like like real close, but you still can't make it out. Okay, so our hot take is: Have you ever been in a fight, Haley Graham? Um, yes. Here, well, first of all, actually, I forgot about this. I wasn't gonna say this, but I was beaten up in the seventh grade. But <laughs> what? I never told you this. No, no, I was. I was beaten up in the seventh. I actually just talked about this with my high school friends. No, we, Define we, beaten up. I was attacked. 
by <laughs> how many just people? Just one girl. Okay. Just needs to be one. Would she throw you against the locker or something? No. So, no. We were at a birthday party. I was outside. All girls. Whole bit. Very seventh grade of us. She, for some, her and I were friends. I was very confused. She, I was drinking a can of Sprite and she's looking at me and she was kind of like a hard ass. She's looking at me and I, I was like, what are you looking at? And I was like, what you looking at? Yeah. No, but that's how she was looking at me. And so we were like laughing about something and she's like giving me the evil eye. I'm drinking it. And then she like smacks the end of my can. Oh, and it cut my lip. Ouch. And I was like, ow, but I was like trying to laugh it off. And so I like went like this and put Sprite in her hair. <gasps> and everybody, Ooh. I swear to God, it felt like the record skipped and like everything stopped. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And she, I'm running backwards and oh, she's no. chasing me down oh, the hill. No. Oh, but I like, no. I don't know why I didn't turn around. I just, I don't know. I wanted to face her. I don't know. But I'm like running backwards, but I'm laughing thinking she's not actually going to hit me. <gasps> Girlfriend grabbed me by my bun. Nice. And pulled me down. And so then I'm on, I end up. <laughs> Whose side are you on? I'm not I sure end yet. up on all fours on the end of a hill. My friend Becca thinks that she's going to help me. And so she throws a can of Sprite at this girl. And I was like, Jess, stop. And like throws it at her. Mrs. <gasps> Jess hits, hits you. me. So now I've been hit with a can of Sprite. Classic. In the head. And she picks up the can of Sprite that's open. And she's dumping it on my head while she's pulling my bun of my hair. Oh, so it just she got mess. you good. I go to get up. I can't get up because there's Sprite in my eyes and my contacts have rolled into the back of my head. So now I'm just, <laughs> I'm blind. blind and I'm crying. Beaten. And she's kicking me this whole time, like, while this is happening. Oh, And wow. I'm literally just, like, <laughs> like spitting Sprite out. Like, it's a hot, it's a whole hot mess. And there still was no reason for it. Interesting. And then we tried to play Red Rover and she kept trying to pull my arm out of my socket. Oh, but anyways, that wasn't even the fight that I was going to talk about because it wasn't really a fight for the record. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have anything like that. No, nothing. Um, I don't remember. That's true. You remember nothing. I wish I did, though, because it would really help in moments like this. It would. Yeah, I would love to know how a fight I got in a lot you. of. Because you were scrappy. I got in a lot of, like, verbal fights with people middle school, like, Really? Fifth and sixth grade were like my worst years. Like I was the most rebellious. I was the most mean. In I fifth w- and sixth grade, you were rebellious? Yes. Oh my gosh. I cussed like a sailor in fifth and sixth oh, grade. Oh, that's right. That was whenever you uh, drank the peppermint schnapps. Yes. The only time I drank in high school. Well, <laughs> wasn't even in high school. It was middle school. Oh, yeah. I literally, yeah, it was the worst experience ever. It scarred me for so long. Um, but those were my worst years by far. <laughs> um. But I don't think I had any weird instances like that. And if mm. I do, friends from home, please remind me. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I definitely beat you up. Someone's going to remind me. I do have like a – I don't even remember the context, but my friend Darby Huber and I – she's actually my roommate one of the years at SCU. Uh, but we like basically grew up together. Mm-hmm. So we were like practically more like sisters than we were friends at some points. Like yeah. I lived at her house essentially. And I don't remember why or what – the fight was for, but we were straight up like throwing punches, ripping hair, like, like you were fighting each other in the backyard, like rolling around in the grass, like literally trying to hurt the other person. Who broke it up? Nobody. It just ended. I think one of us like got away from like a hold or something and ran, but I don't remember. <laughs> I mm-hmm. wish that you remembered what it was about because I'm hoping it was something stupid. Ah, uh, it probably was about something stupid. We were we were kind of younger, but that was really the only like 
fist fist fight I got in besides this one with my sister, which I'll tell you about later. But um, like a year or two later, I hated like we would play board games and stuff. Mm -hmm. I hated when people would cheat. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why it made me so mad. I would, like, flip the table. Not the actual table, but, like, the board Whatever game. the board was. Yeah. I would, like, <laughs> flip it over. Yeah, I would be, like, you're not playing the game right, and, like, this isn't fun. Like, you're just skipping <laughs> spots, and, like, you're not playing correctly, so I'm not going to play with you, so I'm just going to screw up the game. Okay. It bothered fair. me it's that fair. bad. I think it partially was because I hated cheaters, but also I was so competitive yeah. that I just wanted to win fair and square or lose fair and square. Yeah. And one time Darby and I, again, Darby and I, um, we were putt putting mm -hmm. and she kept scooping the ball, mm. like not hitting it. She was scooping, scooping uh -huh. every single time. And at one point she knew it was pissing me off and she just kept doing gotcha. it yeah. just to make me mad. I swung a golf club at her. No, you did not. At full swing. Did you hit her? No, I didn't hit her. But I, I like, you could hear that, like, whoosh sound <gasps> so. You were, like, out to, like, hurt her. Yes. I, it was probably one of the most angry times I've ever been in my life. Worst part, we were hanging out with this kid we used to babysit, and it was the first time we'd seen him in, like, five years. We used to babysit when he was, like, really little. Oh, wait, so you were older at this point. I was probably 12. You used to babysit him? Yeah. Babysit was, like, a loose term. Okay. But still, what? Yeah. We used to, like, go over Did to the she house. realize you really tried to injure her? Yes. And I really scared the little kid. <gasps> and, like, I did not have any anger issues growing up. Like, anything. But oh, yeah. I took that thing and I swung as hard as I could. Because I was so mad at her. Because she was, like, poking at me. She knew it was making me oh so mad. Oh my gosh, that's funny. It was legit one of the most angry I've ever been. R wow, that's what gets Maddie putt putt, man. <laughs> I have like three memories of being very, very angry, and that's one of them. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I think the worst one I ever got into was one with my sister. Well, I shouldn't say worst one. Like I've been into all these fights. No, but yeah, it was just. One time, me and my sister got into a fight the night before I left for college. Oof. In Florida, we were at a hotel that night, and it was, like, supposed to be our last night. My whole family got into this huge fight. It was, like, the most dysfunctional thing in the whole world. And my sister and I ended up – I have I have never called anybody – that's actually not true, but I definitely called her the C word. I knew you were um, going to say that. Yep, and I ripped her by her hair. She actually referenced it the other day. We've literally never talked about it. <laughs> she referenced it the other day, and she made it sound like she beat me up, which was certainly not what happened because I definitely beat her up. Oh, but, really? Yes. Um, no, I wanted to hurt her. Like, I wanted her to be physically restrained. I was <sighs> so pissed. And my mom had to rip us apart, and then we – and me and my mom went and got a separate hotel room so that me and my mom could stay together. She and was on sister, your side. Yeah. And my sister and my dad had to go in another room. And then we woke up. She woke up like the entire hallway because she was crying on the phone trying to tell my grandma. Oh, my yeah. God. It was like a whole ordeal. It's it was like the, the reason, most dysfunctional. Is the reason why you guys got in a fight shareable for this um, no? I honestly – our whole family was fighting over something. and Well, actually, yeah, this is kind of funny. My her, her and my mom ended up in a fight somehow. And I don't remember even what the context of it was. But then – from my memory, now granted, I don't know how accurate it is, her and my mom started to, like, fight. Okay. And so they're screaming at each other, 
And I was like sitting there very over it. And for some reason, I don't know, my sister went after my mom. Like she was going to like, like slap my mom. And suddenly it was not my sister's mom anymore. It was just my mom. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, no. And I remember I got up and I said, don't you touch my mom. And I lunged. I literally like ran down the, I, I like, I was very far. It was the hotel room. So I ran to the other side of the hotel room and Abby was standing on a bed and I grabbed her by her hair and I yanked her down Ooh. from the bed. And that's Ooh. how, it, that's why it got nasty. Cause I went for hair immediately. Yeah. Okay. And that's usually how it goes. But then, yeah. And then we, we didn't, she didn't move me in that next day. And then we didn't talk until like I came home for Thanksgiving. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so mad. My worst fight was with my sister too. I, I wouldn't even call it a fight because I didn't throw any punches. You were just attacked. <laughs> yeah. Did, were I, you being annoying little sister and you were attacked? Yes. I My sister just moved back into our house after going to college for a year and coming home. Mm-hmm. Like she was kind of in a rough, not a rough spot, but like not exactly where she wanted to mm-hmm. be. And I was just being rude. I'd taken over her room. Yeah. So she was like frustrated about all these little things. Um, she was also, she either just had Oliver Mm -hmm. or she was pregnant with Oliver and she was also just frustrated about everything like family finding out or people being judgmental, all this stuff. So she was already like on edge. Mm -hmm. And of course I was being bratty and like, she was talking about how she didn't want to live here. And I was talking about how I didn't want her to live here either. (sighs) And like, it was just petty, but it escalated. And I don't quite remember the comment that I said that really got to her, but I said something and I remember like seeing her switch and she turned around and literally punched me in the face. What? Like, I did not know that. Really? She, like punched you where on the face? She like, punched me right here. Like just on, wound up and just, just swung. punched me like right in my eye, like temple eye, corner of the eye. And of course I like, fall over and I'm like what I'm like what is going on I fall over and she jumps on top of me now my sister is six foot and she is I mean she's already taller than me she's bigger than me Mm -hmm. and so she's on top of me like trying to like get her arms out I'm holding her arms and I'm on if you're watching the video you'll get a visual here but my legs are up in the air my back's on the floor and I'm holding her arms and her full body weight is on me and she's like trying to reach and like punch and move her arms and I literally like grab her arms and I throw her off of me and I was like don't you ever touch me ever again don't you ever put your hands on me again and I walked up to my room and she didn't try to like, go after you again uh no at that point like the fight was just kind of over But the kicker is that my mom took her side because I was being mean and like egging her on. Apparently I had a bruise on my (laughs) temple. Like I went to school the next day looking like beat up. (laughs) And the the most dramatic part ever is we did this game at like, uh, I think it was a retreat or something our Mm -hmm. school would do. And I was like being so dramatic about it, especially because my mom didn't take my side. And one of the questions was like, come up to the line if like no. this pertains to you. And the question was, come up to the line if you don't feel safe at home. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I went up to the no, line. No, you did not. I swear to you. And you 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 have your bruise. You're like, oh, but mind you, my sister swung at me a few weeks prior to that. And I like ducked down and she punched a hole straight through the wall. So this was like an ongoing theme. 
And my sister at that phase in her life, if she was mad, she would just be like, Ugh, and like punch wall. That's so funny because your guys' relationship is like totally nothing like that now. No, not at all. And my poor mother had to patch up so many walls in that house. No mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I thought me and my sister were bad. Yeah. My sister was really angry uh, growing up a lot. Dang. We have very different temperaments. Yeah. And like. I also just never really would fight her back because it was just a loss for me. Abby and I were never, we were angry, but we were never punch hole in walls angry. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying, what's actually funny though is my, your sister and my sister are both Enneagram nines. I think my sister probably has, but the Enneagram nine, the whole thing is the angriest. They're cool until they aren't. Yeah. They're like repressed anger. Yes. Well, I think my sister, when she gets like flippable angry is angrier than me. But on a regular basis, she's probably more even-tempered. I It takes a lot for me to get angry. Mm-hmm. I'll get, like, a little snippy or a little sassy. Yeah. But I don't – I genuinely don't remember the last time I was angry. Wow. It's the last emotion that I feel. Interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll usually go to sad. Yeah, you go to sad way easier. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, um, tell us if you've ever been on any fun fights, you know? Yeah. And tell us if you want. It's the most important if thing. If you don't feel safe going home. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't Jesus. believe I did that. That is so funny. I can't. Does your sister know you did that? No. you got to tell her. Well, maybe you are telling her right now. I, Depending I don't if know she if she listens, listens to this. <laughs> like she does. Hasn't she mentioned it to you before? Probably. I don't know. You wouldn't remember. Okay. So this one is going to be <laughs> trigger warning. Uh, pretty gross one. I'm not going to lie to you. Gordy. So. Um, be prepared for this one. I, the reason I found this one was because I, um, am of course on crime TikTok. Yes. And, um, somebody said, there was some girl that said like, I think she had a podcast or something. And she was like, I literally know everything about every case. I'm not phased anymore, except this one really messed me up. Ooh. So this one is a really interesting one. And it's not like a lot of the other ones that we've done. So this one you probably never heard of. I had never heard of it. Okay. Um, but okay. So setting the scene. So there's a cab driver in Paris and he's come to pick up Issy Sagawa. Okay. Um, outside of his campus home in Paris. He is a small, weak looking, awkward Asian man who speaks very broken French. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes down and he has two stuffed travel bags and he hands them over to the cab driver and the cab driver takes the hint, grabs the suitcases from him, and he says the suitcases are super heavy. And he says, my gosh, do you have a corpse in here? And mm. Izzy laughs, and he tells oh, him no. that he just stuffed his bags with textbooks because he's in college. And so um, puts it in the back of the car, all is well in the world. Um, but, of course, these aren't textbooks, as you can imagine. In fact, Izzy Sagawa does have uh, half a corpse in those bags. Half? Half a corpse. Oh. Mm-hmm. which will come into play. Scary. Um, Already. So when asked about the crime later that we're going to talk about, is he says, maybe it's because I come from another planet or another dimension and I accidentally fell to earth like a meteorite disguised as a baby crying in a seat. My mother came in and took pity on me. I must have come from a planet of cannibals and I'm the only one of my kind who exists on this planet. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. Dun. <laughs> um... April 26, 1949, Isisagawa is born in Tokyo. 
Um, he is, he has a very normal upbringing as it seems anyways, uh, with parents who they, he even says now loved him very deeply. The only unideal thing about his childhood is that he was born really premature and he almost died, but he ended up recovering. He was just smaller and weaker than the other kids. He had like some health ailments and stuff mm. like that. But for the most part, he had like a pretty quote unquote normal childhood. Yeah. Um, his parents are very conservative though. They never talked to their kids about sex. Okay. And he has one other brother, and they just don't know anything about sex at all. So Issy is very confused um, whenever he gets his very first erection when he's in middle school, and he doesn't know what to do about it. So so what does he do about it? He um, – In class? No, he, uh, em- uh, he employs his dog to <laughs> – Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what? So his dog helps him out a little. Uh, okay. So he realizes as like a 12-year-old that this is somehow going to make it go away. Okay. And essentially it it does. Yeah. So he's already got some weird sexual things going on that he doesn't know and he doesn't ask. And he says that now he thinks that this is what started to distort him sexually. Well. As one can imagine. So... He says the first sexual desire that he can remember having in his life was whenever he was in first grade. Okay. And it was about a boy's thigh in his class. And I feel like most of your, like, sexual thoughts start around that age, but you just don't know that Register they're sexual it thoughts. Um, and it's usually not about a, a body. It's not about a thigh. Sure, yeah. And it's – so it's already, like, probably he doesn't understand why that's happening. He's painfully shy, like, very shaky shy. Not even just, like, like a little bit – like, can't make eye contact with people shy as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, he said he's always watched admired people from afar. He does have a preference as he gets older, though, because he's weak and he's short. So he likes women that are tall and beautiful. Uh, and he really likes Western women. So, you know, European American women. Um, and he realizes that he is really attracted to thighs. Like he really likes white women thighs. Okay. Interesting. Everybody's got their thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, Issy is going to school in Tokyo when he finds this beautiful blonde foreign woman whenever he's in, I believe he's in high school at this point. I don't have the age on here for some reason. She lives in the same building that his grandmother lives in. And he said he's captivated by her white thighs. (laughs) So one day he manages to sneak into her apartment. His plan is that he's going to hit her over the head, knock her out, get a knife from the kitchen, cut off her ass cheeks (laughs) and leave with them. I thought he liked the thighs. I think the whole the whole general area. So the thighs lure him in, but he really just wants to he wants those cheeks, baby. To cut the cheeks off. Yeah. Okay. How mad would you be? Listen, I would be mad if anyone attacked me in my sleep. They take my ass cheeks and leave. <laughs> I forgot you probably wouldn't die. You exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I'd be like, that's it? At least end me. I'm like, come on, finish no, the I'd job. I'd rather live and have no booty. Because <laughs> you're living with no booty now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. So, anyways, now I'm on a completely different field of life. Um, <clears throat> but that's his plan. But as he's walking in, his knees end up accidentally brushing up against her naked stomach. And she wakes up screaming when she realizes that someone's in her apartment. And that totally throws him off. He panics, tries to get out, but the police end up catching him when he's escaping, um, and they end up charging him with attempted rape. 
Um, but he's too young at that point. So he ends up getting out like shortly thereafter. And Tokyo is different. A lot of these things are going to be countercultural sort of things. Not completely. It's not like rape is all fun and good in Tokyo, but you know, things are different. So um, fast forward, it's Paris, 1977. He's already gone to prison for this attempted rape. Um, he is studying literature in Paris at Sorbonne University. And at this point in his life, he says he is obsessed with cannibalism. Realizes that he really, really has this desire to eat a person. Can't really figure out, considering he won't even talk to people. I, don't, I guess you don't get to the point. At what point in a friendship do you ask, can I take your ass cheek and keep it for food? <laughs> for sustenance. <laughs> They're like, you could literally go to the grocery store. You don't need to do this. But, oh, good cake. Is that SZA? No, it wasn't SZA. It was definitely a guy. No, that was SZA. And then a guy was featuring. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I just heard the guy. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so... Issy has a classmate. Her name is Renee whenever he's at this university. And she's from the Netherlands. So she's like ideal woman of his dreams. She's 32 – or he's 32 years old at the time. Sorry. She's younger. Uh, doesn't have a lot of friends. But he becomes really fixated on Renee. And she's pretty. And she's bubbly. And he's super awkward. And she kind of takes pity on him because he's so awkward. And just thinks he's like very harmless because he basically is. He's like this little baby weakling. Um, so they help each other with schoolwork sometimes. And so – um, he lies to her after they've established a friendship and says that he needs to make a video for one of his German poetry classes. Um, and he needs to, uh, he needs to be reading the poetry to her in German in this video. Okay. So she's like, oh yeah, of course I'd love to help you. Whatever. So she comes over to the, she's just going over to the dorky kid in her class, going over to his house. And whenever she gets there, she walks in the door and he comes and blindsides her and ends up shooting her in the back of the head whenever she turns around. I thought you were going to say he, like, hit her over the head with, like, a pan. Mm -mm. No. Oh, he kills her. Kills her immediately. Now, here's what's weird. In the documentary I watched where he's talking, he says, um, obviously in Japanese, he says, um, maybe if we had gone out to dinner, maybe one more time, I might not have eaten her. <gasps> Can you imagine? I'm horrified. Mm -mm. Okay. So, at this point, he lays a towel under her head and he undresses her. He knew ahead of time how he was methodically going to eat parts of her body. And he said, in quotes, starting with her ass. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's an ass guy. <laughs> he really is. Clearly. So, <laughs> right cheek. Not the left, left cheek. Left cheek, right cheek. Right, exactly. So, that's, yeah, he was just a little backwards. So, okay. he starts with the right cheek. Then he goes to the left cheek. He said, the left cheek is closer to the heart. And I'm scared of blood. Huh? So there's going to be more blood if you cut the left cheek. So, he was going to start with the right cheek. Ease himself in. This man's scared of blood and wants to be a cannibal. <laughs> like, come on. Everyone yeah, does. What? If you're going to be a cannibal. What does he rinse it? I don't know how you rinse he the just blood took off. A she he shot her in the head. She's laying down. He takes off her pants and just takes a barare. He cuts it off. Oh, he cuts And then he's going to take Well, he has to cook it, I'm assuming. He cooks it? Well, hold on. We're, you're, we're ahead of the game he here. He cuts it off. He sautés that in a pan. He, he takes a fork and knife what to kind the butt of, cheek. What kind of glaze do you put on a butt cheek? You know what I mean? I'm putting some seasoning on that. Well, yeah. like, But I'm thinking like a little balsamic. No, no, no. I'm going the other route. What do you do? What do you mean other route? What's I'm the, putting like actual seasoning on it. Well, no. I was going to do seasoning Not too. Not balsamic. I'm, I'm, I don't just do balsamic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
God. Salt and peppers. Let's always. sit here and argue about a season and ash cheek. What is happening? Okay. Um, now, oh, oh, actually, this answers our question. He says he did try to chomp her butt cheek. He did. He's always dreamt of it, you know? Um, and then oh. he tried to cut it with a fruit knife, but it doesn't work, which, come on. How good it? And a peach, baby. So he goes out to the store and he gets what I wrote here as the fucking Grim Reaper knife. It literally <laughs> looks like. In, like, cartoons, if they had, like, the, the death it's like, person. Yeah, it's like a hacksaw-looking thing. I don't know what a hacksaw is, but I assume that's what it is. So, he said then he chopped up the lower half of her so he could get the good parts in the fridge, like the thighs. Okay. So, you know, the good parts. Um, in the video, they show the photos of her partially cut up body, which you can just Google because they're everywhere. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm not even going to post them because they're very scary. So at some point during all of this, they don't know when um, he rapes her during all of this, like before or after he cuts her up. We're not yeah. entirely sure. Yeah. Oh. Don't know which one's worse. Somehow they're both terrible. Okay. So we're back to the cab driver in Paris. I also have to sneeze. Do it. <laughs> So the cab driver in Paris takes him around 8 p.m. to the lake. Now it's June and 8 p.m. It's not dark outside yet in Paris. And so he realizes this isn't ideal, but he wants to get rid of this body. Um, and so he takes this bag out to this random like lake area and in, in a suitcase and just goes out and dumps the body. So Ugh. he's standing looking at the sunset and he said he's so exhausted from cutting up that body all day because it was like very exhausting. And he's just standing there and he had just let the suitcase go and he hears someone scream. There's a man opening up his bag. Opening up his suitcase? Somebody had seen him just like toss the suitcase and it had like gone over to the other side and he like saw him do it and was like, what the heck? He wasn't far from him and he opened it up. Oh. Um, they find that there's a bloody sheet. So people start screaming all around and they're, they're pointing at him. Like that guy just dropped that off. That guy just did it. And he just, he said he was so exhausted. He just looked at them and walked away. What? Yeah. And no one chased him down. He just like kept walking. So four days later, they end up being able to track him down. People saw him and he uh, is arrested. He says that he felt relief because he could finally communicate with people and tell them about what he was feeling because he couldn't tell people about that before. Uh, he's immediately studied and tested in France. But there's a lot of public outrage because he's being kept in the prisons on their dime. And so then he's deported back to Japan for his trial. They say that if they're able to determine that he isn't actually criminally insane, that he could have a personality disorder. They don't know exactly what they never, at this point they hadn't tried anything like that. So um, now here's where it gets confusing and they really didn't explain it in the documentary. And I didn't, I don't know if that legal jargon isn't my favorite, Yeah. but he is in this weird jurisdiction vortex where he can't like they can't figure out what to do with him or where he goes. And if he technically didn't commit a crime in Japan, can you put him in prison in Japan? Okay. And uh, public safety wise, they need to have him somewhere, but they somehow don't. So at some point he is basically out there in the world. What? He, yeah. Like he they doesn't end up doing anything. No, like he goes to prison for a bit. Okay. And then, but like not very long at all. How long is not very long? Um, I don't have the year on here, but whenever it like basically he was, they were like, oh yeah, this is like hard because we don't really know where to put you. So people are mad. So we'll just put you away for a little bit and then they'll forget. Essentially. Get out. Yes. 
So he ends up um, out in the world back in Japan and he can't get hired anywhere because people know about him. And he has a felony on his record now. Um, And he's struggling to survive. So he is an artist and a writer. So he ends up writing books about his experience, including graphic comics. He sells the photos of her body because he took photos of her body um, to keep and he sells them everywhere. He then signs on to make a movie. He says without reading all the fine print about what he had to do in these recordings. So it turns out um, people were getting him to do very weird versions of what happened with Renee. He said, they made me do such weird things. They measured his body in the beginning. They reenact Little Red Riding Hood and they make him wolf. Um, Why? Just like, people are like fascinated by him and they're using, he needs money. So he's like going to do these these weird things and it gets them fame because he's like a, you know, fame. People know him as this crazy man. Yeah. Um. He ends up stealing money from his parents to go spend on women, selling stuff of his brothers. He went out with Western women for a while, but none of them want to have sex with him. They use him for his money. And then a few of the women that he's hanging out with find out about him. And they don't want to hang out anymore for, you know, obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, He's exclusively at this point in his life um, into Asian women. At this, He's alive today. Um, oh, yep. He has posters all over his room and he talks about what parts of their bodies that he still to this day wants to eat. What? And he says, and in the video recording, he says, uh, I'm such, I'm such a pervert. Like it's so like, that's, it's so disturbing. He ends up going, getting roped in the late nineties to do a porn with a female actress also from Japan. Now she's told that she's going to be having sex with a writer. That's all she knows. Oh, that's so they awful. interview each of them separately to talk about it. So they talk about it with him separately first. Um, and then after that, he has sex with her before he tells her that he's a cannibal. And then they film her reaction, oh. which was terrible. And then he shows her the books that he wrote about the whole experience. And he says, I want to drink your urine and taste your saliva, is what he told her. Drink your she's urine. sitting there like... After she just yes. did all this stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then afterwards they have her in the car a- asking her about her experience and she starts crying. Yeah. Because like that. Ha- like what? That's so, so messed, messed up. up. So messed up. Um, so now Issy Sagawa is living in Japan still to this day. Wow. How yeah. old is he? Um, he's in his, he's currently 70 years old. At the time of whenever this was recorded, he was 70 years old. So I think at max, he's like 72. Um, Wow. He gets weirdly remorseful about not feeling remorse. Like the fact that he doesn't feel bad makes him feel bad. Okay. Um, He says that his brain freezes when he starts to think about what happened and he just can't go there and his brain just won't go there. Like he's just blocking it out. He knows that it happened, but he can't bring himself to go to an emotional place about it. Okay. Um, he said that his parents died, so he has no one else that he can call or write to or visit him. He basically is completely by himself. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have anybody. Um, and he said, and I quote, when I feel an urge, I suppress it by masturbating. So he still has these urges. Like, this is still something he wants to do, but he suppresses it. Eat people? Uh-huh. But now he's older. He said he's impotent, which makes him worried about his urges. So What is impotent? Impotent, like he can't get it up. Oh, okay. 
Yep. <laughs> Sorry uh, for asking that question. So basically he um he said that makes him worried because like what if he needs to do crazier things to be able to like get satisfied. Yeah. <gasps> oh um, and then but that here's what's weirder. This is how I'm gonna end this lovely episode. He's currently 70 years old. He said recently, more than the urge of eating someone, I have the urge to be killed. He has his bit his greatest fantasy is of a beautiful woman killing him violently and brutally. Really? Yeah. Who 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 else has ever said that? No one, I'm not sure. Um but yeah, so that's uh Issy Sagawa, the cannibal. Wow. Yeah, and he's just roaming around the earth. And you can if you want to, not that you should, I'm not condoning it, but the videos were in the document or the pictures were in the documentary, so I did see them, not by choice. Very terrifying, very graphic. Gross. I don't like any part of that. I mean, I wasn't like, here's the thing. Whenever I brought you this case, I wasn't saying Maddie's going to love. Yeah, but at the end, you usually ask me like, well, how do you feel about it? So I was just telling you, oh, I don't like it. terrible. Yeah. Any part of that. So yeah, that one's pretty gross, pretty nasty. Um, Joey wants us to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer at some point coming up because oh, he's another yeah. cannibal. Which could be good. So. Oh, I forgot about Jeffrey Dahmer. You did? I watched uh, the movie. Oh, the fictionalized one, the My Friend Jeffrey or whatever? Yeah, yeah that's My good. My Friend Dahmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very good, actually. Very yeah. haunting. Yes. yes Such is life. Yeah, so everybody, um, hey, if you have any urge to, you know, cut off anybody's thighs or butt cheeks and eat them, go to, go to therapy or something. Um, or something. Or something, I don't know. Not, not to my office, but someone else's preferably. Yeah. How crazy would it be to be, like, a therapist and a young therapist, young woman therapist, and a guy comes in and says, yeah, I just really want to take a slice of that cake. Well, I'd have to, I'd have to call that in. <laughs> yes. But still even having anyone. But if say you're having, that, if you, if he's getting treatment in an institutional facility, then you have to talk with him about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like there's someone that, there's someone that has to be the person that specializes. That to them. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's somebody out there that specializes in crazy sexual dysfunctions and disorders. That's so interesting. I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever could. There's certain ones I know I could deal with, but there's certain ones I couldn't. Yeah, there's a lot I could never. Weird, weird, weird. Crazy. Okay, it's actually way past my bedtime. Um, it is. So. Wow. I'm surprised you stayed up this late. You proud of me? I am proud of her. Eleven twenty-eight. I was just gonna say it's eight p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I did go to bed at nine o'clock last night. It was awesome. That sounds terrible. I'm old. Okay, well, thanks for listening. If you guys have any other crazy cases that you want us to cover, send it to us, and we'll do it. And we'll do it. We'll do it to it. Oh, that's pretty good. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Okay, stop the recording. Okay, bye. Bye. Average and only.